where you're standing, let's pray. May God's word be spoken. May God's word be heard. And may God's word be lived. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning again. Welcome to St. Paul's on this special Baptism Sunday. Whether you're online or in person with us today, spiritually searching or already learning how to follow Jesus. Darth Vader, I find your lack of faith disturbing. As he choked the neck of one of the newly operational Death Star commanders who questioned the power of the Force. Now, Vader was wrong. The commander may not have had faith in the Force, but he did have faith. His faith was simply located elsewhere, the Death Star. We all have faith, even the critical or curious among us this morning. The question simply is, what or who do we have faith in? I've occasionally tuned in to the Capitol Hill hearings into the January 6th riots of last year, and the questions of the interviewing panel are so interesting. What did Donald Trump believe about whether he won the election? And how did those beliefs then drive the actions of the rioters? What's the connection between belief and action? Today we're starting a new summer teaching series, What If It's True? Looking at the Apostles' Creed, the most concise and ancient summary of the Christian faith. And we recite some form of the Apostles' Creed every Sunday here at St. Paul's. And through the summer, we're going to look at what some of its beliefs actually are. And maybe most importantly, what action in our daily lives is driven by those beliefs. Toronto is a wonderfully diverse city, and people make a wide variety of choices, conscious or unconscious, about what beliefs to build their lives on. And those of you having your children baptized today are making a public decision about a set of beliefs to raise your children with and in. So in such a diverse city as ours, an important question is which set of beliefs will lead people to be the most loving, the most receptive to those with whom they differ? Which set of beliefs will lead people to live sacrificially for others? Now, within robust Christian faith, not the thin, secularized version, but within robust Christian faith, there are deep resources that can shape followers of Jesus to be humble and confident leaders, patient and positive parents, gracious and generous friends. What we believe, what we have faith in, absolutely drives our actions. There are no actions that don't have beliefs in the background. So leaning on our passage from the letter to the Hebrews, the author is still debated by scholars. Let's dive into that first line of the Apostles' Creed, I believe. The Apostles' Creed was in its current form as early as the third century with a charming legend that each line was written by one of the 12 apostles, hence the name. And the creed was being used as the structure for baptism services amongst the earliest Christian churches, 
with the about-to-be-baptized adults being asked, do you believe in God the Father? I believe. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe. And then they would be thrust under the water, dying, and then be brought up again, rising to new life. Now, we're going to do a nice restrained version of this ancient ritual by simply pouring water over people's heads. But what does it mean to say, I believe? I think there can be an important distinction made between belief and faith. To believe is to intellectually agree that something is true. Faith is to have confidence in that belief, to trust it, and therefore act on it. Let's say you've got food poisoning. Penicillin is the antibiotic that can cure you, but believing that penicillin can cure your blood poisoning, it's not enough. It's only by actually taking the pills that you can be cured. Belief coupled with action. That's what faith is. As the first verse in our Hebrews passage says this morning, faith is the assurance, the the trust of things hoped for. Now, the Apostles' Creed was originally written in Latin, and so this line, I believe, would have been credo in diem, with frankly a better translation of it being, I have confidence in God, I have confidence, not just intellectual agreement. So when someone is deciding to be baptized, like so many here uh, today, they are not just agreeing with a bunch of facts, but they're saying that they trust those facts so they can act and live in a certain way. It's no good saying to your spouse or your friend, yes, I believe you're standing next to me, and then not doing anything with them or anything for them. You wouldn't stay friends or married for long, I can tell you. And critically, the fact that is being trusted in baptism is not a historical event. It's not an ethical framework for life, although those are all good things. What's being trusted is a person, Jesus, who he is, God alive and with us, what he has done, lived a remarkable life of love, died on a cross so that our brokenness doesn't need to break us, and what he will do, be present with us so we can live with hope and confidence. Now, having faith does not mean that you uh, still don't have questions. Uh, Since my husband is away on a business trip, I can tell this story. When Tim proposed, I could have said several things. No way, are you kidding? My mother will kill me. Or, that's a nice offer. I'll put your name in the hat. I'll let you know when the draw is. Of course, I said yes. Did I know everything about Tim? No. Did I even like everything about Tim, if I knew now what I knew then? But you know what? I knew enough. I knew enough to know he is who I needed to walk through life with. Having faith in Jesus is knowing enough that he died for you and is alive now. He's here with us today, inviting us and our children and our grandchildren into relationship, both for now, but also for eternity. You will still have questions, things you find very hard about the Christian faith. And thankfully, there is an important place for doubt in the Christian life. 
We heard the story of doubting Thomas. Otherwise, we would be a cult. New York writer Tim Keller puts it like this. A faith without some doubts is like a human body with no antibodies in it. People who blithely go through life too busy or indifferent to ask the hard questions about why they believe as they do will find themselves defenseless against either the experience of a tragedy or the probing questions of a smart skeptic. A person's faith can collapse almost overnight if she has failed over the years to listen patiently to her own doubts, which should only be discarded after long reflection. We care about searching and intellectual inquiry here at St. Paul's. Our connect groups are places to make friends, ask questions, grow spiritually. Doubts can propel us forward to learn and to grow. So baptism is that public moment when you transfer your trust off of whatever it has been on before and place it on Jesus Christ. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, I don't have a lot of faith. Or the pandemic has really drained my faith, right? There's frankly not much left. But the amount of your faith is completely irrelevant. What matters is the object of your faith. Just uh, imagine uh, for a moment uh, a mental exercise. I want you to think you're standing on a high cliff and you lose your footing and you begin to fall. Just beside you as you fall is a branch sticking out from the very edge of the cliff. It's your only hope and the branch is more than strong enough to carry your weight. How can the branch help you? Well, if your mind is filled with intellectual certainty that the branch can support you, but you don't actually reach out and grab it, I have some bad news. You're hitting the ground. If your mind is instead filled with lots of doubts, lots of questions about whether the branch can save you, but you reach out and grab it anyway, you will be saved. Why? It's not the strength or amount of your faith or trust, but the object of your faith that saves you. In this case, the branch. Strong faith in a weak branch is fatally inferior to weak faith in a strong branch. Strong faith in making partner or all your children being brilliant or your friends or your marriage uh, meeting all your emotional needs that is fatally inferior to even the tiniest shred of faith, even this morning for a moment, in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews lists a whole variety of historical figures, Gideon, Barak, uh, Samson, and whatever amount of faith they had, and I bet you sometimes it was wafer thin, it was in a strong branch. God. And their often tiny amount of faith in a strong branch enabled them to do some remarkable things. Verse 33. Who through faith, doesn't say how much, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. 
At the beginning, I asked what difference having faith in Jesus makes. Here in Toronto, we may not need to deal with lions or fires or swords, but Christians around the world do today. Ukraine, Libya, South Sudan, North Korea. And it is this worldwide family that the newly baptized are joining today, the worldwide family that St. Paul's is a part of, so great a cloud of witnesses, a family that has been and is fueled for action by faith in the living Lord Jesus. During the summer, we're going to unpack the 12 statements of Christian belief found in the Apostles' Creed. And we're going to look at the action in our lives that each of those statements drives us towards. What if it's true? What does it mean to believe that God is our Heavenly Father? And how does that impact your finances? How does that impact your dating choices? How does it impact your parenting? Make no mistake, the Apostles' Creed, it's a rallying cry of rebellion against the often destructive norms of our culture. When we say the creed, we are boldly declaring that the world is not as it should be and that God has acted decisively in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And if you want to start a rebellion against any evil or repressive structure of any government, any culture, just go outside and say the creed. I find your lack of faith disturbing. We're all at different stages of our journey of faith, and everyone's welcome. And this morning, we have front row seats over both our services to see 18 people publicly transfer their faith onto the living Lord Jesus. And if you're searching this morning, asking questions, why not ask Jesus what it would be like for you to transfer your faith to him? And if your faith has grown cold, or the pandemic has changed your church rhythms, why not ask Jesus to reignite your faith? Because there is a fulfilling life that God wants to give you. And if you're just grateful for the sliver of faith that you do have, then join me and pray. Pray for those joining the family today. Pray for those members of our family in South Sudan or Ukraine. Pray that we would multiply the precious gift of faith given to us. Thanks be to God. Amen.